0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Hey guys, Micah Chen here from Cascadia Preps. Looking for the best coverage of high school football? Cascadia Preps is your number one stop for all things high school football, team rankings, game analysis, and weekly podcasts from around the state. Visit us today at CascadiaPreps.com. 5
2: 4 Three, two, one. Greetings and welcome into Huffman and Spencer for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. I'm your host, Rylan Spencer of Cascadia Preps, along with me, as always, Brandon Huffman of the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation and 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how are we doing?
1: Oh
3: my gosh, Rylan! 40,000 plus air miles, probably 85 plus hotel stays, <laughs> way too many days in a car rental. My travel season is done. I am mere days away from vacation recharging, recalibrating, resetting, whatever you want to say. I could not be happier unless I was floating down the Deschutes River, which I plan to do in a few days.
2: I was about to say, is there a good location coming up here for this vacation?
3: There will be a weekend bend with all of its great um, yes. refreshment establishments.
2: Yeah, especially the one named after the the river you were talking about
3: ain't that the truth right there there's also a couple right near there uh, that have great locations great scenes great food i think i've been to seven eight of the breweries in that town and including growler guys as well i mean it's when was the last time you were there last time i was there was two years ago the pandemic vacation because we were supposed to go somewhere else we ended up going to bend and it worked out great because Ben was kind of starting to get back to normal, and you want to eat outside anyway. So yeah. when they say, "Oh, you can only eat outside," that's right up our alley. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, with Ben, the way that it's grown and everything. Actually, you know who lives down there now is our guy Casey Fresh. Might have Oops, to, uh, sorry, might have man. to see what he's been up to. But uh, the thing about Ben is, like, with the way it grows, though. Shoot, you were down there a couple of years ago. There might be seven, eight new breweries going in that you no don't know about. So uh,
3: no doubt. That's man.
2: a great town, man. It really oh.
3: is so great, and it's just one of those great places where you feel like you're far away, but you're still, you know, an easy drive to there. Um, It's just got good places to eat, to drink, to hang out. I mean, it's just the perfect kind of place.
2: We don't really have that place here, do we? Because we have, like, like, the Tri-Cities or Ellensburg. Like, there's, like, cities that are – they're not even close to, like, the actual, like, activities available of Bend. I mean right. – it's just, there just isn't. like I mean, I, I I can't think of another place that has, you know, that one, the growth that they're having is insane. But, like, the Tri-Cities is maybe, like, the most comparable in a way. You would think maybe, like, a Wenatchee would be. I guess Leavenworth is Leavenworth, maybe the most yeah. comparable, but it's so much smaller.
3: They need about, and they're really, Leavenworth's biggest jam is really the fall, or I'm sorry, yeah. Christmas time.
2: Yeah, that um, that once it starts getting colder, Leavenworth gets awesome. Now, Leavenworth in the summertime, I've, I spent a month out there one time when I was like, I don't know, 16 or 17 years old. I loved it. It was great. But after, I don't know, a week, you kind of run out of things to do. And it, that ain't the case in Bend.
3: No, no. And that's the great thing with Bend. You know, I went there for – my son had a baseball tournament one year. It was great. You know, there was still stuff to do after they played their games. You could float the river. You can go to one of the nearby lakes. I'm not a golfer, but my daughter was this, the captain of the Auburn Riverside golf team this year. She wants to go golf, so we'll go hit the golf ball, you know, a couple times. But it, it, it's just one of those places too, like where we stay. You can get a condo. You just go sit out in the backyard, have you know a nice filled up growler, freshly filled growler to pour into your cup, and just enjoy the great outdoors.
2: Yeah, which is and, and the thing that I like about Ben too is yeah, it gets real warm there. That's oh, the yeah. type Give me of place Yeah, but doesn't it seem like there's always like a nice breeze going through that town?
3: I just feel like there is a breeze that exists when I'm indoors because when I go outdoors it's never there. <laughs> but but you're
2: on vacation so you almost, you know, you don't complain about it. You just go with the flow, especially cuz you you know, you probably got a beer in hand, right? Like a nice Deschutes beer. I mean, yeah, that that's a great town, man. That's that's the type of place that you know when you talk about like, oh yeah, no, we got a, we got a, a summer a summer vacation home or whatever. Like the first place that comes to my mind, even though it's far away, say from Seattle, it's Bend. Like I I would one hundred percent want a place in Bend. I mean that that would be awesome. That I don't like a ton about the state of Oregon. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, animosity. Sonics, Thunderbirds, like yeah, I, I love Bend. I absolutely love Bend. Everything about it. Um, Plus, I
3: was I was just in South Florida, or I guess West Florida. I don't know. The yeah. University of South Florida is in Tampa, but like it's not really South. So I was in Tampa, Sleep p Bradenton last weekend. Trust me, anywhere is gonna be better than there. I I was built for the rainstorms that we dealt with driving back from the ing facility to our hotel. Like I have never seen rain like. What we and you're driving across this bridge and you're just seeing lightning bolts right next to you hitting the water. It was insane.
2: Really? Like I've always like seen. I've seen video seen. of the storms, but like it's like that. Like you're driving and then boom, it's like right there. Yeah. Whoa.
3: I mean, maybe it wasn't as close as it looked, but it sure as hell looked like it was close. Do you
2: remember the old? Uh, um, what is that place called? Uh, it was called the Fun Forest in Seattle. It's where, like, it's, like, between EMP and the and the arena.
3: All right, yep.
2: And they had, like, amusement park rides and everything?
3: Yes, it was my 13th birthday there, in fact. <laughs>
2: no, that's funny. So they had some great rides there, too. And, but it was, yeah, it was very, very outdated. I remember, like, one of the last years of that place, though, and I, I don't know how old I was at the time, but... I remember they were doing some construction. I don't know if it was EMP. It was probably wasn't EMP. It might have been like maybe the the Gates Foundation building or something. There, Whatever it was, there was a crane up. And I remember all of a sudden, boom, the clouds open up. And this is like summertime. Clouds open up, and so everybody kind of gets off the rides, and we're all like standing out. Of the, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you hear some thunder and lightning in the distance. Then a friggin' lightning bolt hit the crane. And like the sound of like a whip hit I have never like more obviously crapped my pants than that situation mm. cuz that that was maybe the first time I ever like saw lightning strike something you know you know I right. I'd, I'd always seen it you know flash in the sky or whatever and heard it but I don't think I'd ever been in a place where like I watched it actually like come in contact with something and holy crap man that was Ah, yeah, that was scary. Like, it's kind of like giving me shivers just thinking about it. But, um, so anyway, so next week you'll be on vacation. So either I'm going to find somebody or we just won't have one, maybe. Um, because then basically we'd be starting back almost at like August. So, um, we can kind of maybe just like start fresh then, or I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, um, Let's talk really quickly about the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation, AveryStrongDIPG.org, and AveryStrongDIPG on all social medias. The, uh, let's see, what is it? Is this Friday? Is the uh, Mayor of Maple Valley open, correct?
3: Yes, yes, siri. The Mayor of Maple Valley returns to Maple Valley. Druids Glen, Friday afternoon. It is sold out, which is awesome to hear. Uh, there will be beers by Georgetown there, Heritage Distillery, the Druids Tap House, Ian Furness, Brandon Huffman, Ryan Divish. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. What other celebrities will be there? I'm sure Curtis Crabtree will be there. Uh, I'm pretty sure Softie will be there. Like, it's the whole the whole crew. All the the who's who Seattle media and then a slappy like myself will be there. Uh, benefiting the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation, Holinsky's Hope, and the Jordan Morris Foundation. So it's an awesome day. The The amount of time and energy... Oh, uh, Jason Puckett as well will be there. Um, the amount of energy that Ian pours into this event and, you know, for not a set. It's all to donate to the foundations and then the mayor beer will be back in the fall. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to being back in action in, Coving- in Maple Valley for the first time since 2019. And then I go on vacation the next day. So, I, you know, Ronald, once I get through these next 48 hours, I always, always talk about the first 48. I am more excited about getting through the next 48
2: yeah, you got a you got a nice nice little uh. It's like it's like the light at the end of the tunnel might even already be there. Like
3: it is. You know, <laughs> last year, I kind of like crawled in. We went to Hawaii. That was like a long time family vacation we had planned. But I had gone to Alaska the weekend before, and that was when June was just absolutely insane because yeah. college is bringing camps back. I was like on fumes. I'm already on fumes right now. Like I am so exhausted that I can't even begin to tell you how like little energy I have. From all this travel i may look like i'm a million bucks and i may be this you know glamorous looking person but i tell you folks deep down it's it's hard being me yeah
2: i mean bald, bald fabio or bald fabio video. right like i get that a lot <laughs> so i heard a lot of Koog names and then obviously there was like five five guys that were like Koog fans kind of that you mentioned there and then i heard one husky softy so those do kind of balance out in terms of homerism for their teams right like you got to bring in the soft one to kind of bring everybody back to the middle uh, once they all go, uh, you know, to the Cougs side. So should we, maybe maybe some good battles in the clubhouse there. Like, I, oh yeah, I I I'm I might make an appearance out there. Like, I mean, I, I've heard like you said Georgetown beers. Like, I'm I'm a fan of that. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, there's. Um, Something else that we kind of want to talk about very briefly, and 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 if you're interested, I mean, I'll give my email address right now: is Ryland Spencer at CascadiaPreps.com. If you follow me on Twitter, you can uh, easily find it. It's in my bio. I guess I should look to make sure that it is in my bio. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Um, if not, that would explain why nobody's ever emailing me. Yeah, it's right there. Um, so basically, what we're gonna do, Brandon, you and I have never had advertisements on this. Um, Anybody that – if you hear an advertisement, it's, it's actually from the hosting company. And basically what that does is that goes to pay for us, like for our hosting. So we're not making money off of doing this podcast. We do it for fun. We have a good time doing it, which is kind of why we don't really have like any one topic. Other than the five names, we kind of just bounce around different things every single week. But basically what we decided is, you know what, our numbers during the fall football season – during the, you know, basically the middle of August until kind of like the middle of December, our numbers are ridiculous. Like, they go through the friggin' roof. Uh, obviously, we, you know, have great fan support, whatever you want to call them, listener support, I guess I would say it maybe. Um, you know, and, and the numbers stay good throughout the off season, but specifically during the football season, the numbers are huge. So what I decided was, I said, hey, Brandon, what do you think about the idea of bringing on some sponsors, but basically what they're going to do is they're going to make a donation to the Avery Huffman uh, DIPG Foundation. And so you know, from a tax purposes, Brandon, you guys are a 501c3, so if they want to get some advertising on our station or on our station, on our podcast, they can you also use it as a tax write off, correct? 100%. So, what we're going to do here's when Brandon comes back uh the next time, I don't even know what the exact date is, we'll have a lot more information about it but if you want to figure out like uh, we kind of have an idea of how things are going to work basically I, I need i would need people to reach out to me um and and really what it would be is it would basically be like a $500 donation so it's $125 a month cuz it's a 4 month uh, basically a 4 month season and, uh, you know, we'll give you some shout outs each week on the podcast. And again, it's a, it's a donation to the Avery Huffman DIPG foundation. So, you know, it's going to a great cause. Um, and you know, and we can put some advertising, you know, just a, a simple reads or, you know, if you have a, a real quick commercial, we could throw it in maybe at the beginning or something. But, um, if you would like more information on that, you feel free to reach out to me, Rylan Spencer at Cascadia preps.com. And we'll just, uh, you know, we can start talking and figure out kind of how things go. And then um, you would make a donation and we'll start to start throwing you on the podcast every week. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, a, a good thing, you know. So, uh, Strong, dipg on all social medias. Brandon, we got some interesting things to talk about here. So, we got an Ask Anything. We got some five names to talk about. <clears throat> the All-Star Game. Was yesterday the American League wins? Was it three two? I think it was. 3-2. Yep. Yeah, three two. The MVP, John Carlo, Mike Stanton, and and the reason I say Mike is because he was originally Mike. Uh, I'd never even heard of John Carlo Stanton as a Marlins fan, and I, I've I've been very open about that. I I I'm a am ai love the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins. Actually, I love the Florida more than the Miami, but that's mm-hmm. beside the point. But I remember when he all of a sudden became John Carlo Stanton, and I was like. Wait, who's this guy? Is this Mike Stanton's brother? Like, oh, we got another Stanton here? Like, what the heck? But Brandon, before he was a big name MLB star hitting home runs that are like, I mean, out of this world, he was a football recruit. And he was also a very obviously he was recruited for baseball too. And you know what? I should have, I should have asked him specifically what it was. But our good friend Scott Enyard even remembers. Uh, Mike Stanton as a football recruit because Scott, I believe Scott was at UNLV at the time and they were recruiting him to come play football. They, what, they what do you remember so, about him?
3: So in 2006, Notre Dame High School had just graduated Garrett Green, who would go on to be a, a career clip art holder at USC, backing up John David Booty, Mark Sanchez, and Matt Barkley. But they had this young hotshot quarterback named Dane Chris, who ended up signing with Notre Dame left Notre Dame, played at Kansas, but Dane Chris was the dude. And we had been hearing a lot about Dane going into his junior year. So opening game of the 2006 season, I'm down in Southern California watching Notre Dame against Canyon uh, Canyon Country High School. J.J. Luigi, who ended up being the California player the year, uh, was the star at Canyon Country. But in that game, Canyon was up late and Dane Chris threw a touchdown with about 15 seconds left to a receiver named Mike Stanton. Who out jumped a cup. Now, keep in mind that this Notre Dame team was stacked. Notre Dame had, at the time, Sandy Martinez, who would go on to play at Cal, Charlie Carmichael, who would go on to play at Oregon, Shane Horton, who would play at UNLV, uh, Wes Horton, who would go on to play at USC, Anthony McDonald played at Notre Dame, Dan Chris played at Notre Dame. Like, this is when Notre Dame and Notre Dame in the CIF Championship game that fall before had lost to a team with future Stanford wide receiver Richard Sherman in Compton (laughs) Dominguez High School in the championship game. So they were salty. They had something to prove this next year. Well, they're losing to Canyon, and Dane Chris throws this touchdown pass to Mike Stanton. So I'm interviewing Stanton after the game. He has no football offers. At the time, he was still a relatively lightly recruited baseball player. But I was talking about his recruiting, and I remember the article still existed on Scout.com up until 2017, He wanted to go play at USC. At the time, you know, USC was just a few years off of winning the College World Series. They were the IT program in college football. And there was a quote in there where he said, yeah, I wanted to play at USC. But the coach, who was former Los Angeles Angel, Los Angeles Dodger catcher Chad Kruder, said, yeah, we don't have any spots. You could walk on at USC. (laughs) And then UNLV, who ended up signing his teammate Shane Horton, UNLV, I want to say this was between John Robinson and Bobby Halk. I'm forgetting who the coach was at the time, but then they offered Stanton the opportunity to go play baseball there, I'm sorry, football and baseball there. He ultimately decides to go play at I think Tulane before he gets drafted. So imagine my laughter last night when I saw USC's football. Tweet, congratulations to the hometown kid, John Carlo, on winning the All-Star Game MVP. Obviously, baseball worked out, but it's still fun to imagine if he had picked USC football. First of all, USC football never offered him. Second of all, USC baseball didn't even offer him. Yeah. So I thought I thought one of the funniest responses was by Sam Connor of Sports Illustrated. He said, Why didn't UCLA congratulate Paul Pierce when he got inducted into the basketball hall of fame? Who cares if he ended up going to Kansas he's from LA and they recruited him back in the day
2: <laughs> by the way when I tell you who it is that was the head coach in between the two you're gonna laugh Mike Sanford
3: my, my, see, senior right yes yes okay. Mike Sanford senior Dang, yeah but I'm pretty
2: back. sure I'm pretty sure Junior was on the staff because that's how I believe our guy Scotty Yyard there knows uh knows junior uh pretty well but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> it's just so funny how, how some of that stuff happens sometimes. You know, and Brandon, this also kind of in a way brings up almost like a pet peeve that we maybe don't want to get into too much here. But um, this is where like, you know, when you say like, oh, this, you know, scout, you know, 24-7, whatever, you guys missed on this guy, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, some, some, some baseball programs missed on Mike Stanton too. I mean, hey. USC right there. Did did
3: Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian or Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach, did either of those guys offer Cooper Cup or Boise State head coach Chris Peterson?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Chris Peterson, Like when you think about Cooper Cup, like he kind of fits the mold for a lot of receivers that they have had over there at Boise State. I mean, okay, I don't want to say—
0: It's true that some things change as we get older. of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18
2: plus. <laughs> I, I hate to do this, but coming, when, when you look at it, who, who would you rather had, say, a Kirby Moore or a Cooper Cup? I mean, they're kind of the same player, right? Like, uh, and, and so you were good on offering Kirby Moore, but you wouldn't go after a guy like a Cooper Cup. Yeah. Huh. Huh? Weird how that works, right? Like, yeah, kind of, kind of funny at times how that works. Um, I got, a, I got a tweet for you here, Brandon, and and you may have seen it because I do actually. Now that I'm looking here, I see your name tagged in it by uh, by a, a guy named Bundle Up Folks. Shohei Otani's team won without him pitching today for the first time since June 27th. How
3: 2019? Because that's what it feels like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the I don't know the exact numbers, but did you? I'm sure you saw the the graphic that popped up with sense the brawl between the Angels and the Mariners, what the records are, and it was like it was like thirteen and three for the Mariners and like three and twelve for the Angels, and it was like it's just so funny because when you and I talked about it, what like a couple of days later, it was it was almost exactly what you said, kind of in a way like you know Nevin's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, look what he did. Like, he straight did this. I mean, he he put them into a tailspin. I mean, they were kind of in one to begin with, but he really, I mean...
3: And the week before that brawl, the Angels took four or five in Seattle with, yeah. I think, Mike Trout homering ring 11 times or however many <laughs> it felt like. Yeah. But, like, even then, the Angels sucked. Like, all that did was fully accentuate just how far this team has fallen off the train tracks.
2: Yeah, and it's just, I mean... It's so wild. I I mean, I get it. Rendon's not playing, but like when you look at it, it's just so wild. How much money, how much, how much? How many resources, you know, just money, how much has been thrown at this angels roster and it, and they just can't, they can't put it together. Like it's so mind blowing to me to look at it because then you look at some of these other teams, like, you know, teams that I'm sure, I mean, obviously I don't have the, the payrolls in front of me, but I can't imagine like the twins have a better payroll.
3: No, Tampa doesn't have a better payday.
2: Yeah, And it's like, you know, I, I remember when Jerry DePoto was hired in Seattle, I remember seeing, you know, people, Angels fans, commenting on things on Twitter or other social media avenues where they're like, oh, he didn't do crap here, blah, 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 he's going to fail in Seattle, this and that. And I'm like, I mean, at the time, who knew, right? But now you look back on it, it's like, hey, maybe DePoto would make more sense in or in Anaheim right now. Like, or, When I say Anaheim, like – as an Angels fan, does that does that does that annoy, or is it like because no, like our Anaheim?
3: I mean, yeah, if, I, yeah. if I really want to get technical with me, they're always going to be the California Angels to me.
2: Yeah, I I loved the old California Angels logo. Oh, the
3: the logo was the best. Yeah. Um, but no, it doesn't annoy me at all. I I don't I can't stand the fact that they are the Los Angeles Angels. That's so dumb.
2: Yeah, I mean, still to this day, I I, I and I do it on accident when I say Anaheim. Although I guess technically it is L A. Or are they still? LA. No, they,
3: the, they dropped the Anaheim. Okay.
2: So the second A now is is actually for Angels.
3: Yep. LA yeah, Angels. Okay. The lad and the laws
2: Yeah, I mean still still to this day, I I routinely refer to the Raiders as Oakland on accident, and I and I still do it with the Chargers of San Diego. It, it's one of those things that's it's just never gonna actually stick in my brain. Like I just know it's not. I hate it. But I it's it's totally different with like say Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Because they have yeah. a completely different name. Yeah, man, those old angels hats and stuff were great, right? With the big A. And... I
3: love a throwback night when they wear the with the gold halo, yeah. the angel hat, or the red A, the dark blue, the red bill with the you know the logo of the state of California on the side and the A going through it or the halo going through it. Oh, thems were the days.
2: Every now and then you'll see like what is it, Super Seventies sports? Oh yes. You know, or um, there's another great Twitter account called MLB Cathedrals. And, like, they'll throw out a a picture of the old, you know, Angels Stadium with the big A out front. And, like, I don't even really remember that too much. I remember it more in the shape of, you know, the Rams being a major tenant there also. But when you see that, man, it it makes me feel so much better about that franchise. You know what I mean? Like, I, I miss those days where, like, the big A with the Halo was actually, like, a prominent part of the organization.
3: See, this is something that I think is always fascinating to talk about cuz you were kind of in that tweener era where you probably grew up ga- going to games at the Kingdome. Yeah. Football and baseball, but then, you know, Safeco and CenturyLink open up kind of, you know, right at the end of your high school years. Yeah. You know, I-, I grew up in an era going to the Coliseum for USC games and Raider games, going to the Rose Bowl to watch UCLA play going to Anaheim stadium to watch the Rams and the Angels play going to the Forum to watch the Lakers yep. I, and I get the amenities like I was watch I watched the the Winning Time documentary or I guess it's not really a documentary the Winning Time series on HBO and how you know the Forum was the hottest place in Los Angeles to go and you know I think back like yeah our modern stadium's so much nicer and better yes but there really is something to the charm of how horribly horribly designed architecturally how boring places like jack murphy stadium looked as yeah. they got older but like to me as great as it was to be at two, game five thousand two alcs you know my best memories of going to anaheim stadium were when it was a full-on football stadium and you were sitting in front of the football press box on the third baseline upstairs for three dollar tickets like there's just something about—baseball's one of those weird sports where, like, the stadium gets maybe new people into it, but old fans love the charm yes. of the old stadiums.
2: I love—one <clears throat> of the things that I love about baseball, <clears throat> how every field is different. There's, like, little things. That, you know, they got rid of it a few years ago, but you remember the hill in center field at, in Houston? Yes. Talented. That was so stupid, but I loved it. You know, like I love, I love the fact that you can like hit a home run to left field there, and it's like eighteen feet away from the third base, you know, bag. But if you hit it, you know, thirty feet to the right of there, you got to hit it off the wall, and you're you're running, you know, running the bases. Like the are they is it the Crawford boxes? I think in left field there, at uh, in Houston, I think it is. Like I love the different nuances. I love T-Mobile Park, Safeco Field, whatever. Uh, Lumen field, uh, it's a great atmosphere, fear. I love it. But the kingdom was so ugly and so cool and it was great. It was a great place. It, it wasn't great for baseball because it was clearly more designed for football. And if you sat in right field, it was really bad for baseball. Like you couldn't even see the, the right fielder at all. Like <laughs> it was crazy. Um, like even if you were in the lower, if, if you're in the 100 level because of that giant wall in right field, you couldn't see it. I got an email this morning from um, from the Seahawks, and it's like, oh, improvements, you know, stadium enhancements. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, wonder, wonder, wonder what they got. It's like, oh, all new concession experiences, and it's like all new food and all this. And, oh, in the north end zone, we got some – they're called city-side bars. I don't know what the hell that means. I sit in the south side anyway. Uh, new north video boards. And it's like, okay, cool. like, But what – I mean – I don't. I guess I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, There's nothing here that appeals to me. Oh, on the Toyota fan deck, you know, like all this stuff. Like, oh, we now have a twenty-five dollar, you know, crab cake sandwich. <laughs> awesome. Like, I'm going to a football game, man. I'm going to drink some beers outside the stadium. I'm going to have some hot dogs at a tailgate. I'm not going. I'm not going to a, a Seahawks game for a damn crab cake sandwich.
3: Right. I always think about that with college games when you see college stadium. Yeah. Promote! Oh, these are our great concessions. Like, bro, if you're eating inside the stadium at a college game, you've already done college footballing completely wrong. <laughs> you've already failed. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, 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 you're, no, I get it. People get you know they're busy. Saturdays in the fall are busy for people. But come on, if you're like, and don't get me wrong, I love me some Beatrice mac and cheese.
2: Oh, who doesn't? That's awesome.
3: Like, if that's what you're relying on in the game, you you've already failed. You're supposed to eat before the game. Baseball is the one game. That you eat at the park. Nobody ever says, hey man, we should go to a baseball game, get a couple of crab rolls with some big ZD and you know a glass of Merlot. No, they say, Hey, let's go to the game, get a couple of dogs and a couple of beers. Yes. Or and, I, and this is one thing that Southern California will never have. And you know, you know me, Ryan. I'm a, I'm a Southern California homer till the core. Yep. But where Seattle kicks the proverbial butt of Southern California is that stretch of land between CenturyLink and Seiko, or whatever they're called now,
2: yeah. with is it the hot Demo?
3: dogs, the smoke that's coming from those different yeah. vendors, blows away. I mean, and I love going to, to whatever version of the phone company park that San Francisco Giants have right now. I love going to the Gaslamp Quarter in San Diego. Yeah. But there is well, yeah, because no-
2: Dodger Stadium has nothing like that, right?
3: Nothing. Nothing. But there is... fact i saw a funny tweet yesterday it was a picture from the 1980 all-star game and it said according to report it was the picture of the parking lot from the aerial shot from 1980 said according to reports the people in this section had finally gotten out of the parking lot (laughs) as of this morning um but that's one thing about going to a mariners or a seahawks game is that stretch outside that's to me is baseball like you can get a dog you can take it in you can get the seattle dog you can do whatever like that is what makes those to me that that's the charm that you kind of give up when you have a brand new nice stadium
2: yeah and that's the thing that's the thing that's hard about like these new stadiums is they don't have as much character they just they just don't they don't have they don't have quirks and like the you know like different things one one of the things my dad has has talked about and obviously this has maybe gotten a little bit better over the years is you know there was no excuse me there was no I don't know who the sponsor is—Coors Light, Bud Light, whatever. There was no. You had your local, like your local beers, is what you got inside a stadium. So like, you would be going to a Mariners game to have a Rainier. You'd be yeah. going to the Brewers game to have, you know, I don't know, a Milwaukee's best. I don't, I don't know what they have. Right. Every place had like their own like beer that was attached to the stadium. Now, the beer selection in Seattle—I don't know what it's like in other stadiums. You've probably been to more than me, but the beer selection in Seattle now is actually great because there's like. You know the only problem is, is it's so damn expensive, but yeah, you know the beer selection is great now. You can get a Tall Boy or Rainier and you know different things, but you know it, it was just so much more like you went to the game for a dog and a beer, and yeah. and like for me, well, you didn't go to the game for that, but when you went to the game, you got a dog and a beer. When I'm going to like a football game, I I don't really want that. Like it's it's a total different experience. When I go to a Sounders match, I don't really want you know something like I'm not eating inside the stadium. Like that's no. not what I'm doing there, but. You know, baseball, it's so much kick your feet up and relax. Yes. That, you know, and that's the thing. This is where I, I get in between uh, get off my lawn and loving the new age stuff with baseball. It's like I love speeding up the game in certain aspects, but I also love the my favorite thing about baseball is that there is no clock. Yeah. The game ends when it ends. Yep. You know, it doesn't end when the clock runs out. No, it ends when the, when the innings run out, basically when the outs run out, you know? And so when you go to a game and you, you kick your feet up and this is this way, we can go back a little bit to this one. I don't know if we talked about it on here, but the fact that I couldn't get a bag of hot peanuts inside, you know, T-Mobile park was just infuriating. Right. You know, I want, I want a nice cold rain ear in one hand. I want to, I want a bag of seeds or or a, or a bag of hot peanuts in the other. And you know, I want a uh, at some point. I want you know a uh, a dog of some sort. You know, I, I don't really care if it's the giant footlong one or if it's just a, a a cheap easy little Dodger dog or you know whatever. I want I want a hot dog. That's to me. That's that's what baseball is about. And then when I, I, you're sitting there and all of a sudden some dude walks by behind you and he's got like this. All this, you're like, oh, somebody in the section's got garlic fries and you look and yeah. they're like they're like nine rows up and you're like, how the hell can I smell that all the way down here? Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Garlic fries are really, really good. They, you cannot
3: convince me though that Safeco or whatever T-Mobile does not have like vents around the stadium, radiating the smell of garlic <laughs> fries out, just so you walk over to go buy them.
2: Yeah, like, like, wait a minute, I'm standing on second base. Why can I smell garlic fries here? Like,
3: exactly. What? It's like McDonald. No, it's, it's like Disneyland. We're like everything in Disneyland smells like a churro. That's what I feel like T-Mobile Park is.
2: <laughs> have you Have you been to a game at Levi Stadium?
3: I have not. I've been to a football camp there.
2: Okay, so they basically, like, push everybody out the, like, like two corners of the stadium to, to leave. And when you do, you kind of, like, walk over this bridge that, I don't know, I don't think it's a river. I don't even know what's underneath it. But you, like, walk over this bridge, and then all of a sudden you're in, like, the parking lots. So we're, like, we're leaving Super Bowl 50, uh, Scotty Ennir and I, actually. We're leaving Super Bowl 50, and, you know, it's everybody's, like, shoulder to shoulder walking at the same time. And, and all of a sudden, I smell hot dogs, and I smell bacon. And I'm like, like like what is that? Like, holy <laughs> crap, what, what is going on here? And and, and I, I said to Scott, I I, said, I smell hot dogs and bacon. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, dude, you don't smell that? And all of a sudden, the, the crowd in front of us parts a little bit. Is it a Southern California thing, or is it a California thing where – there's dudes like standing outside with these little carts that have like a flat top and they're cooking hot dogs and bacon that, stuff.
3: That's more of an LA thing. In fact, that was one of the highlights back in the day of going to a game, a Lakers game at Staples Center, is that they would have the bacon wrapped hot dogs or the grilled onions. They were yeah. always in violation of city code, and you didn't care because you're like, "Here's twenty dollars. Well, how many will that get me?" And oh yeah, those
2: dudes don't have health department like they don't have certification.
3: Dude, there was nothing worse than <laughs> you see some like you know. Corporate, bur- not corporate, some bureaucratic government lackey come in and try to take them. It's like, oh, sure. Yeah. Take the little guy who's got the best damn hot dogs in town. But yes. don't do anything about the company that's charging $14 for a three times reheated hot dog that was cooked five days ago.
2: Man, when I was a kid, the kingdom, oh my goodness, the, a kingdom dog was good if you're getting one that was cooked that day. You'd show up the next day. And I swear they would, they would, like sometimes your hot dogs would be green. I'm not even kidding you. They would be green because they would be like left over from the night before, and then like I don't know, boiled them or something to like heat them up. Oh, they were so gross. Yeah, so there's gross. a color.
3: There, there is a color. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't even know what color you could call it because it's kind of between like a cross between pink and gray. That <laughs> it's it looks like you know you shouldn't eat it, and then you look at the bun, and you're like. Was this bun put on this hot dog when it was reheated seven days ago?
2: Yeah, exactly. So the only other time I've seen the um, the dudes outside and and it's weird too because they don't even have like like I don't know how they're even cooking these things because they don't have like a cooktop. It's like a, a, a baking sheet, and then they're just like cooking hot dogs and bacon on it. the The only other time I've I've seen it is when I went to the game at the Coliseum um, in Los Angeles a couple years ago, the Seahawks game down there against the Rams, and we were we we sat kind of low in the game. But then when the game ended, we were I was like, hey, I want to see what it looks like for, like from the top of the stadium. And so we walked all the way to the top. And then they have that like inner concourse up above. And then the steepest damn stairs I've ever been on leaving from up there. And as we're walking down, I looked to the right and I was like, oh my God, there's a there was like twenty of them over there. I was like, hey, we are going that way. And I don't even think that think that's where we parked. I was like, but <laughs> we're going over there to get a bacon wrapped hot dog because I'll guarantee you those are going to be the best hot dogs we have all year and sure enough they were. I mean, they're phenomenal. Like, I don't know how long it'd been sitting on that that cooktop. I don't know anything. I don't care. It was That's phenomenal. The
3: they're they're fresh and they go quickly because they everybody wants and they also know that you're And in they're a great hour, price you're stuck in the parking lot for 7 hours.
2: Yeah. Pretty much if I can remember right, every single one of them was 2 for 5 everywhere you went. Yes. 2 dogs for 5 bucks. Bro, that is a steal. Especially with bacon on it too, and Absolutely. and like grilled and the grilled it. onions, yeah. oh, so good. Uh, hey, ask anything. We did this last week. It was uh, what was last week? Oh, otter pops, right? Uh, by the way, some of those interactions of people like a little disappointed in a few people here, um, but anyway. So but ask anything.
3: After those two that respond enough to side with me?
2: <laughs> ask anything this week. I the first one I got. It was literally the first one I got, and then there was probably four or five more that came in after it. But it was it was locked in. Was design your perfect burger. So, uh, I am the burger bastard, as most people know. And uh, by the way, there's going to be two reviews coming up here in the next few days of places that I went on my uh, my trip out to Royal City, beautiful Royal City, Washington, central part of the state. Not as hot as we were expecting. We were, it, we, were we were expecting 98. It ended up being 91. When you're expecting 98, 91 feels awesome. <laughs> it feels great. No uh, yeah. But design your perfect burger. So. I'm just gonna throw it out there. For me, it's, it's very basic. I don't know why. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know why people want to put avocados and all of you know all this other stuff on it. Man, you give me two meat, two cheese, little little bit of bacon, some onions, and I don't care what way you slice, diced, grilled. I don't care. Give me. On, I don't want onion rings. That that I don't want. You give me onions, and you give me pickle with a little ketchup, a little mayo. Boom.
1: Even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we report prohibited by law, See terms and conditions, 18 plus. B camper. And tell me your condiments again.
2: A l- little bit of ketchup, a little bit of mayo. I don't I don't need a I don't need a lot. I just want a little bit basically to kind of like uh No mustard. No no see I, I like mustard on a lot of things, not on a burger. I yeah. I, I love I'll mustard put, on yeah, a hot dog. Um, actually, you know what the best thing, like my favorite thing at a, like a stadium or sporting event when like, you know what? I need a little, need a little something, something to soak up some of the beer we've had. Uh, give me a freaking, uh, salted pretzel with mustard. Sure. So good. But on a burger, no, I don't, I don't like mustard on a burger. Uh, It's just like, I I hate tomatoes on a burger, but on a sandwich I'm in. Like if if I'm making a turkey sandwich or something, there's going to be tomato on it. There's going to be lettuce on it. Like, but but I don't want those on a burger. Absolutely not. I will one hundred percent not eat lettuce or tomato on a burger. But Brandon Huffman, design your perfect burger. What do you got?
3: So I've got a traditional bun. I don't need sesame seeds on my bun. Yeah. Just give me a trade I don't need a brioche bun. I don't need any of that stupid stuff that you know. Although I will tell you, if you want to make a burger on a king's Hawaiian roll, yes, I'll definitely be interested.
2: Or pretzel for me. I love a pretzel bun. Right.
3: And who of us has not enjoyed a big old fat sourdough, or I'm sorry, a Texas toast melt? Yeah. That's also good. But I want a regular bun with no sesame seeds. I want a perfectly cooked burger, meaning it's got to have a little bit of red, I mean a little bit of pink, not too pink. I want a big fat piece of cheddar cheese on it, but I can also be convinced to put a piece of pepper jack tea- cheese on it. Ooh, yeah absolutely have to have lettuce and onions on it. I'm not a big tomato guy, period, unless it's on a Jersey Mike's number 9, Mike's Way. Um, mayo, a little bit of ketchup. I will do grilled onions, I will do raw onions, but to me a hamburger absolutely has to have onions on it.
2: Yeah, I I agree with the onions. And 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 like I said, I don't care if they if it's the full ring of an onion, I don't care if it's if it's diced up, I don't care. Honestly, I kind of I hate to say, it, I kind of like those dehydrated onions in a way too. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you if you grill them, I, I'm if you grill them, I'm I'm really on board. The what do they call the like? Okay, so you have you have an onion ring, but then they have like the deep fried onions. You know that like sometimes people put them on top of a steak as like a onion garnish. Straws. Yeah, yeah. Not a fan of those on a burger. No. No, now no, you put them on the side, you know. You put them as like a garnish or something. I'm probably going to eat them. Like those are. It's almost like a blooming onion, right? But it's yeah, like exactly. a, it's like a stringy. Yeah, I love a blue By the way, blooming onion. That's a whole another story. I love a good blooming onion.
3: Blooming onion or an awesome blossom?
2: Wait, what's the difference?
3: Awesome blossom, I think, was the Chili's version of a Bloomin' onion. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, because that's a <laughs> that's a uh, what,
2: what's it called? That's a uh, uh, an office reference, right? Yeah, awesome yeah. blossom. <laughs>
3: I'm trying to think what, like.
2: Maybe is it like the sauce or something?
3: Yeah, I think it's the sauce. I think it might be the breading. I, I think there's a little bit more zest in a blooming onion. Okay. Like a little bit more of a zestiness to it. Now, Ron, you ever you ever heard of Portillos or been to Portillos?
2: Is that the hot dog place? Yes. I, I I've seen a video online, and it's like a place that I definitely want to get to at some point because it looks phenomenal.
3: It is incredible. They have one in Arizona, but they had one in Tampa. So when I had time to kill, I had a Portillo's Chicago style hot dog, but then they have these Polish sausages that are pretty native to Chicago that are really good. But what here's here's one thing that I, I've always found fascinating. You know, people talk about conies and like chili. I have always said in n out burgers are overrated. Since we're talking about burgers, Tommy's hamburgers are my all-time favorite. I love chili. Only on a Tommy's burger. I would never put chili on a homemade burger or any other version. It's got to be Tommy's burger.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I, I I would agree. Like I love chili, but I don't I don't want it on a burger. But I am very intrigued in Tommy's. Like I'm next time I'm I'm in Southern California. I'm 100 trying it because it looks phenomenal.
3: It is, it is phenomenal. But my question now becomes to you: Where do you stand on a fried egg on your burger? Because I. My go-to burger when I go to Red Robin, which, yes, yeah. people say all they want about Red Robin. I love the Royal Red Robin burger.
2: Yeah. I I like egg. Um, I don't want it very runny. It, I would actually prefer it almost be like a fried egg. Um, if it's going to be runny, I don't want it full-on runny because, to me, that just ca- causes, like, unnecessary, like, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, unnecessary sloppiness. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, take for instance, like I said, I like ketchup and I like mayo. I just want it on there to, like, have a little bit of the flavors but also kind of take away a little bit of the uh, the thickness of a bun, let's say. But I don't want it to, like, be on my hand, you know? So, like, as far as an egg goes, I love an egg on a burger. I just I, – I want the, the, the yolk to be, like, probably, like, I don't know, 70% cooked, you know, and then have, like, a little bit of it drizzle out. I just – what I hate is when I'm eating a burger and then you look at your hands and they're just covered in – you know what you've been eating. Like I I don't like that.
3: I think with me the with I'm okay with it if as long as it's spilling into the middle. Because I've always been a, you know, big like hey, dip my english muffin in the yolk. Yes, I like that. Me too. And, you know, you can put a little bit of it in your fries, but when it's making a freaking mess all over the place, not not down with that.
2: Yeah, well so so here's like my favorite breakfast is to just have hash browns. With like two eggs, and then I put the eggs right on top of it, and then literally chop the oak, yolk open, and it like flavors the uh, the hash browns. You know what I mean? And like oh, yeah. it kind of just like a, like to me, that is like the premium breakfast. Well, actually, I mean, if I'm going breakfast, and this is maybe a topic for another day, I'm like, I'm a chicken fried steak guy. I love some biscuits and gravy. But if I'm just at home and it's like, I, uh, you know, maybe you're gonna have like you know breakfast for dinner. Yeah, man, I'll I'll take some hash browns. Give me two sunny side up eggs. Boom, let's go. You know, crack them open in a way we like. Let's go. Maybe maybe a couple slices of bacon or some ham. Or you know, I'm good though. Like I I could eat that all. I could eat that pretty much every single day. Like two eggs and a little bit of hash browns. And the eggs, like engulf like the 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 runny yolk. Like you know how some people put like ketchup on their on their eggs or ketchup on their hash browns, like stuff like that. Like no man. Yeah. Just crack open the crack open the yolk. You know, like after you've had it cooked a little bit, but crack open the yolk and let it like make the eggs soft, you know what I mean? Or whatever you want to say, like, let it, let it be your, your, your condiment. Like that's what, that's what I'm trying to say there. But yeah, on a burger though, I, I hate, I hate really like messy burgers. Like that's one thing I don't like is when there's just, when there's too much of a condiment or, you know, or like, um, um, like, so some people like to put peanut butter. You ever put peanut butter on a burger?
3: So have you ever been to McCoy's firehouse by the stadium?
2: By where?
3: I don't know if it's if it's there anymore. I think it was McCoy's Firehouse right there in Pioneer Square, right by Safeco.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You're, it, yeah, it's on, the, it's on the corner or whatever. Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
3: First time I ever had peanut butter on a hamburger was actually at McCoy's. And it was the peanut butter cheeseburger. And it was, I don't know if I want to say life-changing because I feel like that sounds a little bit too extravagant. Yeah. But... <laughs> It was life altered, not life altering. How, how do I say it where I'm not being too hyperbolic, but. Uh,
2: life, it was eye opening. How about that?
3: Eye opening. There you go. Eye opening. Yeah. that's was a mind blowing, but it was eye opening. So it was good.
2: here's the thing with, with like peanut butter peanut butter on, on a steak is oddly good too. But here's the key to, to, for me to the whole thing with like peanut butter on a lot of stuff. Peanut butter on a peanut butter jelly sandwich, yeah, give me a glass of milk, I'll wash it down. I'm not washing down a burger with a glass of milk. So you take the peanut butter, you get a really, really thin layer, and the and the hamburger has to be hot. And all you're doing is like like sliding it across like you would with with putting butter on a pancake. Yes. You know what I mean? So all you're doing is just like getting the flavor, but you don't want it on the roof of your mouth when you're done eating it. You know, and so, like, if, if there's a peanut butter, uh, Stacks has a peanut butter burger. Oh, yeah. And that they do a really good job, or they did in the past. I've never actually been to their food truck, I've always been to that the, when they had the store.
3: Headworks, Headworks Brewing and Enum Claw usually has it out in front.
2: Well, I know where I'm going next time I'm out at Pete's Pool, right? Like, there you go. Uh, uh, by the way, talk about a great place to watch a game. That's a phenomenal place to watch it. In a
3: fact, game. that's where I went before you and I went and saw Lakes Enum Claw last year was the to oh. uh, uh stats.
2: Yeah, I was going to go to uh there's a place in like Buckley I think called Wally's that everybody's been bugging the burger bastard to go to, but then I got stuck in traffic. Getting to Enumclaw, getting to uh Tahoma that is so awful from Kirkland. Bro, there, I is, live, there is no easy way to get there.
3: I live in Auburn. I live right next to <laughs> yeah. Enum Claw and it sucks to go to. Yeah. And so I, that's the thing is like Enumclaw when I left. Suck. For those of you from Enumclaw, Claw, I'm not saying Enum Claw sucks. It's just not an easy drive.
2: Oh, Enum Claw's great. I love like their little downtown area. Dude, um there's a been place
3: axe throwing yet?
2: No, everybody keeps telling me I would probably love it.
3: Oh my gosh. I went axe throwing in Enum Claw in Feb March. It was Fun as heck. I actually was really good at it. Not surprising, I'm Mexican, and I'm really good with sharp objects. <laughs> but dude, it was it was pretty fun. They it's... don't let you drink in there. Yeah.
2: Probably yeah. probably pretty good idea. It's a little different than like getting drunk at a bowling alley, right? Like that's uh, a round object that like unless you bonk <laughs> somebody in the head, everybody's probably okay. <laughs> exactly. <Just a laughs> like, hey, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have uh axe handles and uh and, and, and you know booze in the other hand. Probably not a great idea.
1: <laughs> Just a flesh wound.
2: There's a place in Edom Claw though, it's called like um I went in there and had a burger, I don't know. Probably six seven years ago now. I, I want to say it was called like Rainy or something. Like um, I don't remember what it was, but it was like kind of on the main little drag that you would drive to Black Diamond Maple Valley, like on that way. Um, it was like maybe like one of the last like little restaurants before you leave town, and it was like a like an old like kind of skinny long building uh, or you know part of a building. And uh, anytime I've been to Enumclaw, I've always had a good time. Like the people there are great; they're super nice. They you know. They love, they love their football team too. Like that, it is a fun atmosphere out there. I want to get out there one of those days when they bring the freaking offensive lineman out in the back of the cattle truck. Like, you ever seen that? No. They, you know, like the the big cattle haulers, the big silver. You know, like you'd be driving on the freeway and then all of a sudden you got to roll your windows up because the the semi truck next to you smells like crap. Yes. They like bring their lineman out in that every God, now and it's then. Disgusting. Like, well, yeah, I know. I hope. I I, r- I hope they really do a good job of cleaning it out before they. <laughs> you know what though, linemen. They probably don't care if they clean it out real well, but they bring them out in that and like announce them like, oh, you know, left tackle number fifty five, and like the dude like jumps out the back with a cattle hauler that's, like.
3: That's Edinham Claw. Yeah. Oh, it is
2: hundred percent Edinham Claw, uh, and I love Coach Gunderson does a great job over there too. Like. They they have a good time, man. They're like oh yeah, you and I were out there. You and I were out there for the yeah. lakes game last year, and like yeah, they were having a good time. And uh, I mean, it's the only thing they I, I wish they would do at that place. I I wish they would like build up a nice visitor side and turn that into the home stands. You know yeah, because
3: it, it is a weird stadium layout. Yeah. from
2: Viewers. Well, the visitors stands. I mean, what can they fit there? Like fifty people. You know what I mean? Like there's like <laughs> there's it's it's almost like a little baseball bleacher in a way, right? right? So it's like it would be. I would like it if they would if they would do that. You know, like um, Cedra Woolley has it that way, where the uh, and so sort does of Burlington Edison, where it's like the the visitors stands are clearly the old wooden home stands, right? You know, and then they've built up something nice and new on the other. Actually, I'll, I don't know how many people really know this, but like Popkini is actually that way. So the home. Well- in a way the home stands are still the home stands and they've been in there forever and then they built up the whole visitor side and that became the visitor stands you know like before that the visitors
3: skyline like, too
2: uh skyline the home the old home stands are now the visitor stand and then the 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 new home stands are huge yeah could you imagine
3: on the street side
2: yeah you remember going to games when when like heaps and Simone and those guys and, and even you know max and splendorio and those guys you remember going to games and like the home stands were like so overfilled that they were. like yeah like when you went to a game at Skyline you were never considering sitting in the stands because it, it was it was not possible.
3: I remember the. Could you Bell- imagine
2: that new stadium they have though? If if they had that place rocking and rolling with with all of those fans from back then, oh my goodness!
3: I remember going to the Bothell Skyline Kinko Championship game. Yeah. I think it might have been two thousand and eight. Because Skyline won, but it was the ESPN Thursday evening yep. game, and I got there. You know, it was what five o'clock kickoff, four o'clock kickoff. I got there at three thirty, and the stands were just packed, and they had yeah. the temporary bleachers in both end zones. Yeah. That night, went to Memorial to go watch DeAndre Coleman and Garfield play yep. against Ballard, and there were more people on the sidelines than there were in the stands at that game. And it was, you know, it's almost like you needed to reverse the crowd or the the stadium for the two games.
2: Yeah. That was the thing. Like the, the original skyline stadium was, it was so small because they had such huge crowds, you know, and, and their student section was huge. Their band was huge. And then basically a a home game at skyline, the old stadium, you had like one section for the students, one section for the band. And then it was like the parents and that was it. That was like all
3: barbecue grills.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and you know, it was it was always cool too. Like when they when they started putting seats in the end zones, it actually made for like a, a kind of a cool atmosphere in a way because even though they were just like baseball bleachers, they would you know, Skyline would score a touchdown and there would be a bunch of fans right there screaming, yelling, going nuts. Yeah. You know, now with that new big stadium they got though, man, if you packed all those people you know all the home fans that they used to have up there man that place would be it'd be intimidating as hell they have a great facility too like the where the locker rooms are and like that whole big you know like built in thing on the south end and the the um the video board, you know, I remember I was at a game, I don't know, was it maybe Camus? I can't remember, but they kept showing like the, this is Sparta. Like they kept showing that thing. I was like, this is actually pretty cool. Like <laughs> There's not, not not a lot of places that have the video capabilities that they have up there, but.
3: There was uh, a time where Skills and Drill in the Hill was the event yes. in the West in June.
2: Yes. I, I went up there many times because you could see like 32 teams in, in like, you know, what i mean i would say walking distance but it's obvious walking distance it's like within you couldn't even fit another football field between the two upper fields and the lower field right so and you're seeing like 30 to 32 teams like it was it was unbelievable and then they had the lineman competition yes i, I remember oh, cool. being out there watching uh foster Sorrell doing the i think it was between his freshman and sophomore year and he's doing the bench press and what what were they bench like 185 or something yeah and he did it like 30 times or some crap and it was like Bro, what? Like, who? Are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. there was seniors who were jacked that weren't even getting close to him. They they were like ten short. It was like, my good. remember, they had the uh, they would push the truck and they'd do the tire toss and like that. That was a great event. I I don't. I'm sure they don't do it anymore. But that's one that I, I wish they still did because I learned a lot in the in the you know shoot. Eight hours that you'd be standing out there on that field. I learned a lot about some teams, that's for sure. Uh Brandon, let's go really quickly, five names, then we'll get out of here. Um This one is going to be five names of quarterbacks in the 2024 class. We got a little bit of a mix here. We've got, you know, a couple of guys with some offers, a guy that saw some time last year, then two names of guys that I don't know. Like I think we I think they've both been mentioned maybe on the podcast before, but guys that we expect to kind of break out this year that that mm-hmm. maybe aren't well i'm gonna say this they're definitely not household names maybe you've heard of the two uh maybe you haven't but as, as a
1: whole lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess ha! in my dentist's office more than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
1: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: They're definitely not household names. So uh, first one on the list is E.J. Kamenong. foot two hundred ninety-five pounds, out of Garfield High School in Seattle. Offers from Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. He's the only one on this list that has, uh, well, I guess it would be Power Five offers, right? And yep. uh, so EJ Kamenong, you know, great athlete, can also throw the ball. What can you tell me about EJ? And and hey, is are these the three, or do you think that there's maybe even bigger schools coming in at some point?
3: You know, first of all, I got to go back. I mean, this might have been before I even moved up here. Is Cole Morgan the last? Metro league Seattle product at quarterback that had power five offers.
2: That is a great question. And what very, very possible. Cause
3: Standback was before two, cause that was cold. Stand Standback was, was my,
2: I played against Standback in high school.
3: So, I mean, I was trying to think back when, when you yeah. take off offer from Washington, I, I was trying to think when the last time a, Seattle Metro League public, public school.
2: school. Yeah, not, not the privates.
3: Not the privates, but it, that's how long it's been. Um, I'm sure we're forgetting somebody, um, that, but that's had a Power 5 offer. But yeah, I mean, you talk about a kid who's got arm talent for days. I mean, he's got a absolute rifle on it. And, you know, I've talked about this with EJ too. When he learns to really just develop as a passer not enough, not just his throws but as a passer and you know stop trying to throw everything 100 miles an hour and I have seen that this offseason he is starting to really grow as a quarterback and I got a chance to see him at the Oakland Under Armour camp and you know he wasn't just trying to be you know all velocity it was thrown with touch and it's not surprised that you know he's got Few Power Five offers already under his belt because he's got the arm strength, and as he continues to, you know, develop as a as a passer, as a pure all around passer, he's got a chance, you to, to be a potential top two, four, seven guy down the road. And I'm really excited to see his growth after his first two years to what he he could be his junior and senior because he's very naturally gifted and with with, with a cannon for an arm. And as he continued, you know, you, you see that a lot with quarterbacks. You see it with pitchers. When you can throw with one speed, that's the speed you want to throw with all the time. But to eventually become a really good pitcher, you got to have a second and a third pitch. Yep. And to really become a good quarterback, you've got to be a quarterback that can make throws, that knows when to take something off of it. I remember going to, and I'm not comparing him at all to Ryan Mallett, but I remember watching Ryan Mallett at the Army Bowl one year, the first 11 passes he threw in the first practice were all dropped, and none of the receivers could catch it, and I remember one of the receivers came over and said, dude, we've never had a quarterback throw the ball this hard. Like, we're not used to it, but it was also the, the way of saying like, dude, throw some touch, and that's what EJ's really starting to do this offseason is use more touch on his throws instead of trying to throw everything high velocity, and as he does that, the sky's the limit for him.
2: Yeah, because you can throw a high velocity on a lot of different throws, but when you've got you know a window to fit it in behind the linebacker in front of the safety or something you have to be able to you have to be able to get it up there you got you got to be able to get it up high enough but not too high while also having enough speed on it to put it in the hands before the safety gets there and that's probably one of the toughest things for a high school quarterback to 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 really do you know to to learn how to do that because they're never really asked to do it now you know you get a kid like him who clearly has the arm talent and clearly has the athleticism and uh i'll tell you what that garfield team they're kind of sneaky like i i think this is a team that could be pretty dang good this year and ej kamenong is a big reason why moving on let's talk about jake Kid, uh, we've talked quite a bit about over the over the years but you know we probably haven't had a real update on him here in a little bit 6 195 three stars out of emerald ridge high school in puyallup uh got a few offers brandon what can you tell me about you know won this offseason, you know, I've seen some good progression out of him, but what can you tell me about Jake and kind of where he stands?
3: Yeah, you know, speaking of that Oakland Under armor camp, it was actually Jake who won uh, between the 23s, 24s, and 25s that were there. He won the accuracy challenge. And, and you know, where, where Jake may not have an absolute rifle on him, he does have a strong arm. He's got a good arm, but he's a lot uh, more further along in terms of, throwing with touch, knowing when to let it loose, knowing when to throw with a little bit of touch, getting the ball, really throwing all the, uh, the the throws on the route tree. You know, he could throw to his backs. He can throw to his tight end. He can throw to his receivers. Very smart kid, very heady player. You can tell this guy has, been, has grown up around the game. He's a coach's son. You know, the kind of guy that when he gets a 7-on-17 seven together, he's the one calling the plays. And I, I think he's, you know, one of those guys that, when he's going to be in football for a very long time, whether it's playing it or it's coaching it, just a very smart kid. And actually was the first quarterback in the 2023 or sorry, 2024 class to get an offer period when Nevada or I think it was Florida Atlantic that offered him, then Nevada offered him, that staff went to Colorado state and then Matt mummy and Jane Norvell offered him a second time at Colorado state. So, you know, number two quarterback according to 24 seven right now in the Washington state rankings. Uh, but a, just a, a, very sharp quarterback who is, you know, th- this year, especially losing Denzel Boston. I know this is, this is weird to say, and this might sound uh What's the word I'm looking for? It might sound blasphemous, but I think a lot of times when when a quarterback, a young quarterback, has a power five type receiver, it, it's maybe better for them when that receiver leaves because it's easy when you're a young guy. And you have it's not even you see in the NFL a lot when you have a, a rookie quarterback. You you kind of want them to develop instead of just rely on their guy, you know, you know, spread it out, get the ball out, get it to your other receivers. And I think, you know, even though Denzel Boston is graduated, I I think this is going to allow Jake Stockel to, to even improve more because now it's, he really does have to spread the ball around rather than always try to find. And we saw that in the summer game in the opener last year that he was when Denzel, he got hurt early on in that game, came down in his leg wrong. Well, that second half, you could see that chemistry that he had with Tony Harsty really start to come into play. And and I think that's always important for for quarterbacks is you need to have more than just one receiver. And when you have many receivers, that really throws the defense off. When you have one receiver, that's why, you know, Jake Heaps was always so good as a high school quarterback in that it was, okay, you want to go cover Geno? I'll throw the ball to Kaysen. Oh, you want to go cover Kaysen? Okay, I'll throw the ball over to this guy and having multiple options, I think just helps a quarterback realize that when he gets to college, you're going to have four receivers that you're going to spread the ball out to.
2: Yeah. Cause they're all four going to be Denzel Boston instead of a Denzel Boston and, you know, maybe a couple of D2, D3 type players, you right. know, and, and I, th- I think you're right. I, and, you know, Denzel Boston, six, three 180 pounds, whatever he is, that's a great safety valve to have in high school. It absolutely is. But when you ha- always kind of have that in the back of your mind, and you can just say, "Oh, you know what? I'm just going to throw it up over there and let Denzel go make a play." Now you don't have that, and you got to be a little bit more refined, and you got to make better decisions, maybe, or get the ball out on time, or uh, you know, get it out in rhythm, and you know, because this guy is going to be open, but maybe you weren't super confident in it. And well, now you've got to have that confidence in everybody. Yes. And I think they do a great job. You know, they enter in a bunch of different seven-on-seven tournaments. And, you know, those guys are always working together, always doing different things to improve and get better as a team. And that's where I, I – this Emerald Ridge team, I, I think you and I have talked about it maybe a little bit. they got some nice pieces on the line, maybe a little bit unproven up front if they if that offensive line can come together this is an offense that could put up an ab- cuz they've got running backs too they've got uh, you know Jacob Lanes playing some tight end or some split wide for them like they have plenty of weapons on offense they could put up a lot of points it could be interesting to see because remember SPSL they don't play non-conference games because right. they've got everybody in the one league so it could be really interesting to see what happens with that team i think that conference is is fast i think that conference is really up for grabs i mean you know, Sumner looks tough. Olympia looks like they could be improved. P- Puyallup is Puyallup. You know, there's GK is not just going to fall. You know, they're not just going to go away. <laughs> I mean, they're just like, it's not just going to happen like that. And, you know, the team, Brandon, the team that everybody I've heard a lot from, there's a lot of buzz around Curtis. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, and, and you know what? Darren McKay, their head, that guy is a really, Really good head football coach. So going to be very interesting to watch. There are Jake Scockel and the uh, Emerald Ridge Jaguars. I'm excited for those guys. Uh, Third on the list here, Blake Springer, a young man. I think we've talked about him maybe one time in the five names. I can't remember exactly. But uh, Blake Springer, 6'1", 200 pounds out of Monroe High School, a three-star class of 2024. This is a kid, you know, got some starting time last year, has has some nice film. But now it's kind of like the keys are his. Keys are his to the offense and – you know the 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 Bearcats out there, and uh, they're going to go as far as is is you know a guy like a Blake Springer can take them, and they've got some really really nice weapons that uh, you know maybe we'll talk about on another day, but um, yeah, Blake Springer, what can you tell me about Blake? I think I think he's definitely a name that maybe some people have heard of, but they don't know a lot about him.
3: Yeah, you know, speaking of absolute cannons for an arm, Blake. When I saw him going into his freshman year at a camp, you couldn't help but notice the arm strength, and in fact. At that camp, we had Cole Welliver was there. You had Jake Scoffle there. And Blake was probably, you know, velocity for velocity, yard for yard, throwing with not just Cole and and Jake, but with Sam Hewitt and Jabari Johnson at that same camp. He has got a rifle on him. And he just needed time. Really, that's what, for a lot of these quarterbacks, this is going to be their first year where they really are the guy behind center and Blake had a great 7 on 7 season. He had a good camp season. I know he took his 7 on 7 team ETA to the semifinals out at Pylon in Las Vegas and just a kid that I think, you know, uh, he's got a very bright future. Another one of the kids much like EJ that as he continues to, you know, throw with more touch instead of trying to throw everything as a fastball down the middle, he's going to really evolve and you or again, like with DJ, you really saw that during the spring with Blake that he knows when to throw with heat. He knows when to take the heat off. He knows how to make all the throws. And uh, a kid that I'm really eager. He's right now. We got him number three in the state, but there's a chance that you know he could be in that conversation for the top overall quarterback in the state when it's all said and done.
2: Yep, and this is going to be uh, this is going to be a big year for him because, like I said, they got some talent. I've seen them a couple of times at the UW seven on seven, a couple weeks at Glacier Peak, and and actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Blake hasn't been at any of those three because he's been, you know, some camps and such. They've got, I mean, they're getting, you know, passes from guys that aren't him, and and they're and they're playing well. You know what I mean? So it's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, next on the list, DJ Duran, a young man who uh, he's out of Chihuahua High School, six foot four, hundred and ninety pounds. We saw him up there at the uh, national preps. Uh, combine in what was that early March I think. Yeah. Yeah, we saw him up there and, and this is a name that was kind of thrown on my table about, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago said, hey, here's a guy you're gonna want to watch, but he's behind JP Zamora. Well, Zamora's gone now. So there's a lot of a lot of I don't want to say hype, but a lot of people going, hey, yeah, it's now it's his turn. DJ Duran, like I said, six four one ninety, Brandon. What can you tell me about him?
3: So he is the player that like you said, we saw him up there at the national preps event and he first caught our eye he was in the morning session and you kind of like wait, who the heck is this guy then you start doing the the math and you look at the number in the roster and you're like oh okay this is a guy who had to wait his turn behind J.P. Zamora. And, you know, the the next two quarterbacks we're going to talk about are both guys that had to wait their turn behind eventual Division I quarterbacks. And in the case of D.J. Duran, you know, he's a little taller than J.P. was at the same stage. Um, Maybe, you know, a a little bit better framed. I actually think he throws a a little bit of a better ball than J.P., who, you know, J.P. was originally a Utah commit, ultimately decided to take a preferred walk-on at Washington State after Utah took, I think, two transfer quarterbacks and then two quarterbacks in their 2022 class, uh, but you know JP was a power five recruit himself, and I think DJ this year with the opportunity to be the starter at Chihuana this fall. You know we talked about Gabe Tahir last week, and how sometimes those Tri City kids just get overlooked by college coaches who don't want to you know leave the the nest that they're used to. He's a guy that he may have to go to a bunch of camps next spring to be seen, but I have a feeling his junior season is going to put him on the maps of a lot of schools.
2: Last but certainly not least on this list, a, a young man who uh, I'm sure I'm going to screw his name up at different parts of his career, uh, but this is a young man out of Graham Capowson High School, six foot 170 is what we have him listed out here. Uh, he's been sitting behind Josh Wood for, uh, well, I guess it would be what, the the last year, even though they've played basically two football seasons, Davion Super Alice, Uh This is a young man that is just... I. I don't know if we've ever even said his name on the podcast, but we have talked about him a little bit. I think I threw a tweet maybe or two out about him. Also, the ball comes off his hand, about as pretty as any quarterback you're going to see. What can you tell me about Davion?
3: You know, first, I'll say, we talked about this last season. There is not a bigger person in the state of Washington. This is a state that produced Josh Connerly a year ago, it, that produced, you know, Tobias Merriweather, elite All-Americans, there are no bigger shoes in the in the state of Washington to fill than the shoes of the easily emphatic walk-away State Player of the Year, Joshua Wood. Having said that, Grant Capalson four years ago, or three years ago, was in a similar situation where they lost a four-year starter, and... He ended up being a two-year starter of the Pac-12, may potentially be the starter this fall when Dylan Morris graduated. And Nathan Thomas took over the yeah. reins, and we talked about it last week. GK went undefeated until the to the playoffs and lost in a close game to eventual state runner-up Bothell. Josh Wood waits his turn. Now Davion Superalis has waited his turn. What's the point of me saying all that? Well, for one thing, there is still value, guys. And, and this isn't a problem in Washington, but I'm from Southern California, rather right? than the transfer capital of the world, yeah. where quarterbacks not only will transfer, I mean, just this week, they had a quarterback who started out at one school, transferred to the other school to play a sophomore junior year, transferred back to the school he started out with, is now back to the school he played a sophomore and junior season with. That's <laughs> And that's like a mild case in Southern California. There is something to be said about waiting your turn, and there's something to be said about learning from the guy in front of you. Yep. And Davion Superalas has spent the last two years not just playing against, you know, or, or playing behind Joshua Wood. Keep in mind, everybody talks about how great GK's offense was last year, and it was. That was as good of an offense as you're ever going to see. But Davion was the guy who was going up against GK's defense in practice Four days a week yep. where teams would only have to go up against them one night. I, mean, I know he's probably wearing the red jersey, but imagine being a freshman and a sophomore and you got backup offensive linemen. You don't have Vega blocking for you. You don't have Curtis and Hunter Hill blocking for you. Instead, you have Vega, Curtis, and Hunter coming at you full speed up until the last second when they can't hit you.
2: Yeah. And by the way, that's, I think we talked about it on the podcast that GK defense is maybe like one of the most underrated units we ever saw. I mean, statistically, numbers-wise, they were unbelievably good, and he went for two, basically two football seasons. He was going against them. Against them. So
3: Friday nights are going to be kind of a walk in the park for him considering what he had to go up against Monday through Thursday at GK. All that to say there's been a lot of – bemoaning about how GK's lost a lot of talent, a lot of graduates, and they have. They're, they're, you can't argue the fact that GK has been hit hard by graduation. But there's a reason that that program has been as consistently good as it's been under Eric Curley, and I know, you know, Curley retired, but Davion is that kind of quarterback. I've watched him for the last two years, and all he's needed is a chance. All he's needed is, is time to be the starter. And I think the... Demise of GK football has been greatly exaggerated because I think the kid is game to be every bit a top three, top four quarterback in this state, in that class.
2: Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and act like, so new head coach, Jeff Logan, I'm not going to sit here and, and act like he is Eric Curley. fact of the matter is if you go to his Twitter account.
3: Wait, 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 that's already where he's different from Eric Curley.
2: Yeah, he has a Twitter account. He has a Twitter
3: account. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one.
2: Uh, I hope Curly's listening because I know he has listened in the past. Um, but, yeah, so you go look at, at Coach Logan's Twitter account. There's a picture of him standing on a field wearing Graham Kapalsen jersey, Eric Curly talking to him. You go over a couple of pictures. What is it? It's a picture of Josh Wood standing there with Jeff Logan talking to him. This is a guy, when you talk about, like, who is the right guy to step in and kind of keep it going, it's Jeff Logan. Yeah. So – there's no doubt in my mind that this team, yeah, they may look a tad bit different. He might put his own, you know, stamp on things, but he's prepared. He's ready to go. You're not. It's not like you're getting some young guy that is his first coaching gig and he he's maybe above. No, he's he's ready to go. So when you talk about hey Josh Wood and Eric Curley, hey next up Davion and and Jeff, here we go. You know what I mean? Like let's go, let's do it. Like I I think this GK team is intriguing because. Look, you, you simply don't lose that many seniors and and become a favorite again the next year. But you can lose a lot of seniors and be sneaky good and surprise some people, and I think they have every opportunity to do it, and a big reason is at quarterback. It just is. I mean, the confidence he plays with, man. Like, the way that he conducts himself, some people may think it's cocky or whatever, but, like, I watch it and I'm like, man, this kid is good. Like yeah. he's good, he knows it, but he's not out there like you know showboating or anything. He drops a dime and he celebrates. Yeah. He, he celebrates with his buddies. They're having a good time, man. It's it's gonna be fun to watch. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see a lot of teams in that SPSL, man. Like I, I named them earlier. There's just there's not gonna be in you know a, a down week any week. Every week in the SPSL, there's gonna be a game, two, maybe even three of them that are gonna have potential legit, you know. Uh, playoff implications like even in like week one week two like right away it's it's you gotta go you know it's gonna be fun to watch but uh hey let's wrap it up right there he's Brandon Huffman again oh you know what before I close it out I mentioned I'll probably screw his name up if we do mess up names please reach out to us Mm -hmm. because that's one thing that I like look I think I might know how to say a kid's name. So I, I say it over and over and over again. And then like six months later, they're like, hey, you know, you've been saying his name wrong for six months. Dude, why didn't you tell me six months ago? Like if the easiest thing I always say, if I'm saying your name wrong, if I've said your name wrong on a podcast or wherever, literally record yourself saying your name and just direct message it to me. It, it won't happen again after that. Like literally won't happen again. Uh, but anyway, he's Brandon Huffman from the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation, Avery Strong, at DIPG.org. If you would like to sponsor this show by giving a donation to the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation, reach out to me, Rylan Spencer at CascadiaPreps.com. We will figure out how to make it work. Um, but yeah, he's Brandon Huffman of the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation and 24-7 Sports. I'm Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps. We will talk to you next week.